6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. You've been hearing about it all day. Former Chief of the Defense Staff, Jonathan Vance, pleaded guilty to one count of obstruction of justice today. Now, the charge was laid against him following an investigation into allegations of inappropriate behavior. You might remember those uh, allegations first published by Global News last year. Global's Mercedes Stevenson is one of the reporters who broke the story. She has more details. Former Chief of the Defense Staff General Jonathan Vance pled guilty to one count of obstructing justice in an Ottawa court today. The former top general appeared and admitted to having pressured Major Kelly Brennan to lie to police about their past affair and relationship. The court made note of the fact that Major Brennan and the former Chief of the Defense Staff share a daughter together, something that he had denied to Global News when he was initially asked about it when the story broke in February of 2018. 21. In an agreed-upon statement of facts, the prosecutor and defense said that Vance repeatedly pressured Brennan to lie to the military police about the state of their relationship, which would not have been allowed under military rules without disclosure. So General Vance appeared in court on a plea bargain under which he would plead guilty and received a conditional discharge, which means he will not have a criminal record. The judge sentenced Vance to one year of probation and 80 uh, hours of community service that he's going to have to complete. Justice Robert Wadden also ordered Vance to refa- refrain from contacting Major Kelly Brennan unless it had to do with the daughter that they share. He said the offense was serious that Vance committed because it's a breach of trust, but he was willing to balance that out against Vance's possible future contributions to society. So we know that the government is expecting a report from former Supreme Supreme Court Justice Louise Arbour soon that is supposed to make significant recommendations on how the military handles sexual misconduct. We know that there have been a series of reports over the past decade, decade and a bit. What will change this time? Watching all of this very closely is our first guest this afternoon, who is an advocate for survivors of military sexual misconduct and abuse. Major retired Donna Rigadell is the co-founder of Survivor Perspectives Consulting Group, which has been providing training to Canadian Armed Forces members on how to support survivors and create a culture of change. Donna, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And when I say uh, retired, it's just retired. Today was your last day in uniform. Yeah, I think it's. I think I, I might. I might be jumping the gun a little bit by about seven hours. I might go to midnight, but yeah, <laughs> the workday's over. So yeah, technically, I'm. That's it. Wow, uh, and uh, what a career it's been, and how things have um, you know changed over the years since you've been in. Let's start with um, with this one. Your reaction to the guilty plea today in the sentence. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, any opinion that I might have, obviously, refers to, to Major Kelly Brennan, and I hope that out of this, she gets, you know, some sense of closure, maybe a little bit of peace. I've, I've certainly had other people say to me, well, you know, what, what do you want out of court or anything like that? And I mean, to be honest, there's no judgment that's going to be enough. There's nothing to undo the harm that was done. But hopefully, you know, knowing that she told her truth, that she stood firm, that she, you know, came forward so bravely and continued to fight this, you know, and, and people heard that and responded to it and she was believed and now she's hopefully gets some, some measure of peace from that and is able to 
able to, you know, continue on her path to, to healing, hopefully. I know as a survivor myself, I look at this, granted, you know, everybody's like, well, it's, is, is it a big enough sentence? Mm. I'm less concerned about that. To me, more, it's a matter of, you know what, this demonstrates to me that not only, again, was this problem all the way from the top and all the way to the bottom, but that there is no level high enough that you're not touchable, that, you know, he was he was definitely, you know, allegations raised against him, and, and he's been put through it. So that gives me a lot of hope, and I hope survivors can also pull that from it. Yeah, and I was wondering about that, Donna. I was curious, you know, when you talk about, you know, it, it showing that, you know, the higher rank are not uh, untouchable in, in cases like this. I'm, I'm curious to know what you think, what it does tell um, others and what it tells um, victims and about, you know, maybe giving them strength to come forward. I hope so. I hope so. Like, I know that every time, you know, one of us sort of walks through that door, as painful as it is, like, I've, I've described it a lot. It's like walking through a minefield, you know, it's going to hurt, it's going to do some damage, but hopefully there's less minds for the person falling behind you. So hopefully the more of us, you know, male, men, women, LGBT+, non-binary, hopefully the more of us that walk through and, and come forward and, and say, you know, this happened to me and, and hear the details, the more that happens, the better the system can be for supporting and processing them. Major retired Donna Rigadell joining me this afternoon. Um, we, I mentioned uh, we're expecting that uh, report from uh, former Supreme Court Justice Arbor soon. Where does the CAF go from here? What, what needs to be done? Where, how do we create this environment where voices can be heard? Yeah, it, it's tough. Like we've been, you know, we've been doing our work for the last ten months. We had actually a member of Madame Arbor's staff in our class on October fifth, and she was really, um, she had a lot of really positive things to say. Like everybody that's sort of taking it has really positive things to say. Hopefully, we see more stuff like that, more stuff that again is not from just the organizational perspective, because as important as, as that is, you need to humanize the issue. You know, you need somebody, um, you know, up close and personal, telling you about their story and telling you about how it impacted them, and then giving you some tools how to how to change that and how to support people when they come forward because that's where we can have the single biggest impact. Like I worked very closely with the Association of Alberta Sexual Assault Services while I was in Alberta. We continued that work and, and driving that survivor support piece home. That's where you can have the impact is supporting people when they come forward. Donna, your uh, your program, I know that you have presented almost, uh, what, 2,000 members of the CAF over the past uh, year, year and a half. Um, you know, reading the reports, you're getting a lot of great uh, feedback. Uh, from all levels, uh, including, you know, chain of command. Uh, where is it going right now? So, um, you know, I want to say I actually got a CDS commendation on Monday 4th, so that was really um, validating, and I want to thank Ken for that. So just pause there, just, just so my listeners are clear. You received a commendation from the Chief of Defense Staff on your work on this front. Yes, that's true, and and again, it was it was a really you know special important moment, especially right at the end, you know, to get that. Um, unfortunately, though, at this point, there is no formal agreement in place for the CAF to continue to kind of push this training um, from sort of a corporate aspect. So we're flipping to contracting because I'm not in uniform anymore, and I, I wanted to you know we'll, we'll make sure that we're there to answer that call if we can help people because really that's what it's about is giving that survivor voice and, and hopefully driving change you know together in a unified voice. So we, we remain open and hopefully you know we can come to some kind of arrangement with the cast but as of right now there hasn't been anything sort of uh, agreed upon mm. any idea why 
I'm, I'm not actually sure. I just know that um, the response to me was that they are going to right now focus on kind of internal tools. So that, that's frustrating um, because I, I, I still firmly believe that a really important voice that needs to be heard is that survivor perspective, which mm. is, I mean, what we've based our entire work on was kind of pushing this forward. And it's, it's been very hard for me in the last couple of weeks when I've had survivors in the training that have said, you know what, being in this gives me hope. It shows me the chain of is listening and I feel heard and seen. And then sort of turn around and say, okay, well, it's stopping now. It was really hard and heartbreaking. So, again, still very hopeful that, that we might be able to work something out. All right, Donna, I want to thank you uh, for providing your voice um, to this show for years on, on this front from your time when you were you, you were based in, in Edmonton all the way through. Thank you for this, and congratulations on your retirement, and thank you for your service. Thank you. Take care. Major retired Donna Rigadell joining us this afternoon. Again, the co-founder of Survivors, or Survivor Perspective Consulting Group. You can find out more information about that organization online. And, and yes, had been presenting uh, over the past year and a half to, um, you know, uh, the, the Navy, the, the Air Force, uh, members of the Army. Um, you know, a couple thousand members of the CAF right across uh, the country been traveling back and forth, and uh, it's on pause for right now, so we'll see what happens next. It's 317. What did the defense minister say about the, the guilty plea and the sentence?